you are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Let's kick off the week with a little recruiting talk. Another big weekend for TCU football and Sunny Dykes on the recruiting trail, adding a couple commitments as of Monday afternoon. TCU sits at 16th in the country overall on the 247 composite rankings on 3.com, which is a somewhat new recruiting service. They also do composite rankings. They have the Horned Frogs at 19th in the nation. Now, obviously, it's still really early, but the encouraging thing I would say about that is TCU has nine commits, which is a fairly big class for this time of year. And obviously, like, they're building a lot of momentum. It seems like they want to have a big class for 2023, which would make sense. You didn't see a max a mass exodus of players with the new coaching staff, but you still had some turnover. And the last few recruiting classes um, under the Gary Patterson staff have been pretty small. But what, what I the point I'm trying to make is, a lot of times when you're this early in the process, you can get a high ranking nationally by just having a lot of commits. Now, Texas Tech's doing a great job on the recruiting trail. They're number two in the nation, at the, uh, by, according to 247 at the moment. And Joe McGuire is a former high school football coach at Cedar Hill. Like, this is what they brought him in to do. This is what he does. And I think they're getting some good players. I also feel like that is partly elevated by the fact that they just have a lot of kids that are committed. They are really hitting it like crazy trying to make sure um, that, you know, they have a big class, a number of scholarships available for the 2023 class. It's third in the Big 12, that 16th overall ranking. And over the weekend, they added a few players um, in the trenches, one on the offensive line, one on the defensive line. First, Cooper Powers from De La Salle in California, which if you follow high school football nationally, you know De La Salle is one of the premier powers there on the West Coast and in the nation and a big, big big-time player in California. He's an interior offensive lineman, 6'5", 280 pounds. The offer sheet to this point, not going to blow you away. Um, I mean, you got Army, Air Force, Colorado State, Columbia. So obviously like a smart kid. But good size, good frame at 6'5", 280, plays at a big-time school, going into a senior season. And I think with offensive linemen, you look for guys that can develop and put on size and weight and be big-time players. And I feel like they got a couple of those now with Powers from California and then Trevor Goodsby, um, or Goosby from Melissa, Texas. And he's a tackle. He's a three-star um, and he's at 6'6", 280. Power's at 6'5", 280. An interior offensive lineman. But there's a big emphasis on the O-line here. Uh, Breon Ramsey Brooks, the South Oak Cliff kid. The huge, you know, big hog molly up front at 6'4", 380. He's part of this uh, class as well. And what, what I, I feel like you're seeing is TC really has to revamp this offensive line. Um, there are issues with this roster. But I think one thing you cannot get around in football is being good up front. Like, you can kind of scheme your way. If you don't have dynamic skill players, there's some workarounds. I feel like you can have creative schemes. You can find ways to get guys in space. And you can sort of make things work. 
Um, quarterback, that's also a different story. And I feel like, in, in all fairness, I love Max Duggan. I think he's got great toughness, grit, intensity, leadership. But the inconsistency has been there. Now, part of that is the offensive line. Part of that might be the play calling. I think we're going to get a good picture of what, you know, it looks like if he ends up being the starter in 2022. But O-line and, and quarterback are the two things that you can't really work around if you're an offense and still be successful. The real the only exception I can really come up with is the Bengals this year. Like they made the Super Bowl with a pretty mediocre offensive line. But they also had Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and a dynamic offense, and they sort of found ways to make it work. But in most cases, you're not going far if you can't block. And this team has to find a way to protect the pocket. Now, these players aren't going to help you this year, but I'm just saying it seems like this new staff is really making a huge emphasis on being good up front. The other commit this weekend, Avion Carter from Amarillo Tassosa, 6'4", 260, four-star player. Um, the number 26th ranked defensive lineman in the nation, the number 28th player in Texas, according to 247 Sports. This is a blue chip type player. Has offers from Oklahoma State, Arizona State, Baylor, California, and more. And I think the cool thing about this is, one, you know, I was just talking about um, Texas Tech and the great job they've done lately on the recruiting trail. And so you take a West Texas kid that I'm sure is a priority for them. So that's encouraging. But then also, like, this is just a guy who looks the part who has had a great couple seasons in high school football and is ready to come in and harass the quarterback. And they need that too. I mean, in the immediate future, they need it. You're replacing O'Shawn Mathis. You're replacing Kyrie Coleman. And there will be more in the next few years. But again, you're taking a guy who comes in with great size, has the ability to get to the passer, and you're going to have to have a pass rush. I mean, it's imperative in any defense. It's, it's similar to the offensive line. Like, you have to be good up front. And the league is changing, too. Like, I've talked about this before, but I think the Big 12 with some of the defensive coaches that have come in in the last, in the last few years with the addition of Cincy and Houston um, and UCF. Like, those are also teams, especially Cincinnati, that pride themselves on being physical, that are going to try to hit people in the mouth, that are going to try to win these battles up front. So you have to have players – that make plays and get it done in the trenches. And it seems like that's a big priority for the 2023 class. So you have a set of guys now that have committed after taking an official visit. Now the challenge is, can you keep them? And that work will have to be done in the coming weeks and months. But Brian Carrington, this recruiting staff, they seem to be doing an incredible job at getting guys in the door and impressing them and finding ways to get them to commit. So still early, but 16th in the nation, that's pretty rare air, and that's a place that TCU has not been very often. So it's exciting that they're in the conversation to uh, you know, have a top 15 class possibly. That's a big deal. When we come back, I want to talk some TCU baseball and then a Big 12 football note. We'll do, that all, come, we'll do all that next coming up on Locked on Horn Frogs. Okay, Locked On Horn Frogs, uh, segment number two, talking TCU athletics. So TCU baseball got a player in the transfer portal uh, towards the end of last week, Trey Richardson, who played second base at Baylor last year. has also played some shortstop. 
Um, he's coming over to the Frogs. Weird to have a Baylor guy transfer in, I know, but Trey's a good player. Hit 297 last season. Was a really good um, in the field and on defense. So that's exciting. And, yeah, we'll see where he fits in. You know, Tommy Sacco will be moving on. Gray Rogers will be moving on. So you're going to need help in that middle infield. And I think Trey's a guy that could do that for sure. Um, impact player can step in the lineup right away. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he'll get a chance to get in there and compete for the job. But I think they wouldn't have went and gotten him unless he was a certified starter. The only other tricky thing about this is I believe he's eligible for the draft. So we'll have to see if he goes in the MLB draft. And if he does, I guess I'll have to decide whether or not he's going to sign or continue to play college baseball. But if he does decide to play college baseball, it appears he's going to be um, part of, you know, this TCU Horn Frog lineup in 2022 and 2023. So that's exciting um, and looking forward to seeing, you know, what he can add to this team. I, I want to see this team get back in Omaha. I watched a lot of super regional action over the weekend, postseason baseball, and, man, I just I miss it. I miss being in those big games. I miss seeing this team make it to that huge tournament, and I want that for them. But, you know, you got to find a way to, to start winning bigger games, and I, I think the fight they displayed – at the end of the season was encouraging. Now you got to just tighten up this roster and find a way to make it more competitive when it comes to um, regionals, having a deeper pitching staff, having a deeper lineup, having more guys that can punish elite pitching, good pitching. Um, that's going to be the key for TCU baseball going into next year. Okay, so uh, a Big 12 note. It appears that Cincinnati and Houston – and uh, BYU and other schools are going to be joining the Big 12 in 2023. Excuse me, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston are going to join alongside BYU. BYU is already planning on joining in the summer of 2023. So one more football season with this current alignment of teams. Um, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati, along with BYU, will all be uh, coming into the conference on July 1st. 2023 they have reached exit agreements with the american athletic conference uh to leave early each school will pay an extra eight million as early exit fees on a on top of the additional 10 million that had been agreed upon uh to leave the acc aac for the big 12 so excited for this um i'm looking forward to the new look big 12 i know it's going to lack some of the brand power that we see with texas and oklahoma um, but honestly, I think this is still a really good and really solid league. Now, they're going to have to fight an uphill battle against TV executives, which is unfortunate because I think there's going to be quality football, basketball, baseball played in this conference. But, you know, perception is reality in a lot of ways, and I, I feel like the league's just going to fight that, the idea that they're just, you know, a stepchild to some other Power Five programs and power five teams i want texas and ou out as soon as possible and that's nothing against them it's just like if you want to go go like if you want to get out get out pay the money and leave we don't need you hanging around um we don't need you in the house with us we don't need you making decisions about the future of the big 12 conference just get up and go and this is going to be a really challenging league moving forward like Cincinnati is a great football program 
And they're doing some big-time recruiting right now for that 2023 class as well. Houston, Dana Holgerson has been the Power Five before. Houston has always been sort of considered a sleeping giant. The reason it hasn't been the Big 12 for a long time, because is when it's come up in other conversations, um, you know, other Big 12 schools, they don't want to lose that Houston footprint. So that's what they're going to have to sell those local kids. Like, hey, come stay home. You can play in a major conference. And you can win games. UCF, under Gus Malzahn, was not great last year, but there's some pedigree there in the past decade or so. They've become a good program. BYU is about as consistent as you'll see as far as putting up 8 to 10 wins a season and just being solid all the way around. So these are good additions. Geographically, it's going to be challenging. But for the purpose of football and basketball, this is going to be a really good conference. And, you know, how it's divvied up and how it's separated and how the schedule shakes out will be big in identifying who can take over. Because I think there is a lot of schools that believe this is our chance to break out and be a dominant power in the new look league. I think TCU thinks they have that ability. I think Baylor thinks they have that ability. Oklahoma state. I feel like Cincinnati coming in believes they could do something like that. It's going to be up for grabs. Who can take over? Who can be the true king of this conference? That's what will have to shake out in the coming years. And I believe there's a lot of options. For TCU, good facilities, major metro area. There's a lot of boxes they check, but you have to find a way to get results done on the field. So I'm excited about the league shaking up in a couple years. And I'd like to see Texas and Oklahoma get out after this season. I know they have to negotiate with the SEC. I know right now that doesn't seem likely, but these things can move quickly, as it did with the American Athletic Conference. I just feel like if you want to go, get out. Just get out of here. And go on to the SEC, and we'll figure out the rest. That'll do it for Locked On Horn Frogs. I'll be back later on this week. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, and it's every day.